I would invite you to take out your Bible this morning, opening to Psalm 135. This is our time each Lord's Day where we come together, and just for our time of family prayer, corporate prayer, a prayer meeting where we come together and we seek God. We're seeking His nearness in our time together today. He's revealed Himself to us. We desperately desire His nearness with us, and we come and we bring our spiritual needs to God. And uh, we use God's Word to unite our hearts together. We would all pray our own different prayers if we just opened up prayer time, but we use the Word of God in this time to unite our hearts together for this time of family prayer. We've been going through the Psalms, and this morning we are in Psalm 135, and um, I invite you to join me there. And as we read, as I read the text, there's a couple things I want you to be on the lookout for. It's, it's 21 verses long. The first about 14 verses have to do with God's, just who God is. It has to do with why we should praise Him. Then in verses 15, 16, 17, 18, it has to do with the contrast between the glory and the greatness of God and those false idols that we sometimes worship. That in those days gone by they worshipped, and even still today we worship. And then the Psalms closes with just a, a word of praise, this community of believers praising the Lord. Let's read together, Psalm 135, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to His name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for Himself, Israel as His own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain, and brings forth the wind from His storehouses. He it is who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and of beast, who in your midst, O Egypt, sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants, who struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to his people Israel. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages, for the Lord will vindicate His people and have compassion on His servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold and the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, nor is there any breath in their mouths. And those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion, he who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Well, obviously, this psalm, the theme of it is praise the Lord. It starts and ends in the exact same place. Verse 1 and verse 21, bookends, praise the Lord. There's a lot of things we could say about this text, but our, t our purpose this morning is prayer. So let me provide us just some guidance in our time of prayer together. 
I want to focus specifically on what this text says to us about who God is. As we've gathered together to praise Him, this passage gives us no less than four different reasons why we should gather and praise God in our time of prayer together. And the first is right there in verse 3. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. That's a fact. That's a statement. You may be like me. Sometimes I want to characterize God's goodness based on my circumstances, meaning when things are going well, absolutely God is good. But then when things are not so well, I am prone to think, God, you're not fair. God, you're not just. God, you're not there. That weakness is in me. The flaw is in me and my thinking. The reality here is praise the Lord because in all times, in all situations, in all circumstances, God is good. That is his nature. He can't be otherwise. Praise God. We can know this with certainty. God's kindness toward his people is reason for us to praise him. There's a second reason. Verse 3 was because of his kindness. Verse 4, election, the doctrine of election is given as a matter for praise. Verse 4, for the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. Of course we realize that is a very difficult doctrine for our finite minds to comprehend. But having said that, I think God is in the business of crushing our pride because it's out of the depths of our lowliness, our praise rises up to the glory and greatness of who He is. And that doctrine of election is for reasons known only to God. <laughs> we can't figure out. Only known to God. He has chosen a people for Himself. A people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, but an undeserving, unworthing people who don't even want Him. But He, by grace, has chosen us and drawn us to Himself. Praise Him. If, if we belong to God, He gets all the praise. Another reason we're given here in verses 5 through 7, because of the kindness of God, because of the electing love of God, but in verses 5 through 7, because He's sovereign. Because He's in control of all things. Look at verse 5. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our God, our, our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does. In heaven, on earth, and seas, and all the deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from his storm houses. He does whatever he wants in heaven and on earth. That speaks to his power, his authority, his control. Praise him. There is none like him. He's unique in his glory and greatness. There's things about him that just blow our minds. Praise him. And then a fourth reason, the text itself tells us to praise the Lord, verses 8 through 14 Praise Him because He's redeemed us. He has saved us. Verses 8 through 14 kind of goes through the mighty acts of God in redeeming His people out of, uh, out of Egypt, right? Kind of goes through how God conquered king after king after king and nation after nation after nation so that He could give His people their inheritance. It wasn't Israel's might. It wasn't Israel's power that, that uh, they conquered and took the promised land. It was God's redeeming power, his love, his grace, his goodness. And all of that, the New Testament tells us, is a foreshadowing of what God does for us in Christ. He has conquered all of our enemies. Sin, Satan, death, evil. All those things that trip us up, God has conquered it through his son Jesus on the cross. Praise God. 
for His authority. Praise God for His power. Praise God for His wisdom. Praise God for His Son, Jesus, through whom He has conquered our enemies and brought us to Him so that this morning we can gather together and do what this text says. Praise Him. Praise Him.